This is a little bit of, uh, of what we do, what we're involved with. And uh, the bigger picture, it, this is about kingdom building. This is about reaching the lost. We're not there to save anyone. God does that. But God has allowed us the opportunity to plant seeds. Others may water, but he brings the increase. I am, I am so uh, encouraged today and honored and, and humbled by the opportunity that we have to partner with Freedoms. As the pastor mentioned, uh, in 1994, I remember my wife walking down those aisles from that direction, going that way, uh, walking up to, to meet her knight in shining armor <laughs> with his horse tied outside, I don't know, <laughs> in the middle of winter, uh, <clears throat> uh, ready to take my bride at the end of the, the wedding and uh, with my windshield, well, my my window broken, and um, uh, boy, what, that was a, quite an experience. But but the journey how how God, God brought us to this moment is just absolutely incredible, and I cannot begin to share with you the uh, just the, how to fathom how God brought two people from opposite sides of the continent, and brought them and made them into a perfect match. And the challenges that we faced through the years, almost 19 years later, three kids, three dogs. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and where God has taken us, it is just, it's just the hand of God we see uh, and what he's doing. Uh, untold thousands have heard the gospel through this young ministry. And, um, and God has brought, in an amazing way, uh, uh, somebody from your congregation, my dear wife. Um, and I'm honored and I'm, and I'm thankful to you in so many fronts. But I'm going to ask my... My wife, uh, she's the, the love of my life. She's my, uh, she's, oh, I'll take the next, uh, use up the rest of my time just describing. <laughs> so Kathy's going to share a little bit while okay. we. Okay, am, am I on? Yeah, you guys can hear me. Okay, so how does a Fredonia girl end up with a fine specimen like this, right? Right. So... <laughs> So I was, I was attending Freedoms at the time, uh, and this is right after college. And we had some New Tribes missionaries come over and visit, and they invited anyone who wanted to go over to a fellowship evening to go over to Fredonia and visit. I'm like, well, that sounds good to me. And I, I did. I went over and walked in, and I was wowed pretty much immediately yes so any girls out there remember hold off wait for your wow man because he is out there he's the one you wait for and uh yeah he jerry came around and he introduced himself to everybody around and finally at the very end of the meeting he comes up and he says hello to me now uh one other little fact uh in Fredonia, I have seven older brothers and two younger sisters, and my mom raised me as a feminist, so I was kind of a, I was a football player. I was a go-getter. And alas, I saw my wow man, and I asked him out. <laughs> and shocked the socks right off of him. But he said yes until the next day. Then he called and he said, um, I'm not really so sure about this. And he was uncomfortable with it, so he was breaking the date. But I played it pretty cool 
And by the end of the conversation, the date was back on. Yes. And okay, so unless, I mean, just if you think I'm the aggressive one in this conversation, the date, the very first date in the car ride, Jerry Singh slips in the tape, Finding the Right Mate by Chuck Swindoll. Yeah, so, so I, th- I think God brought us together in the right timing, and we ended up heading out to LaGrange, Wyoming. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so we went out to LaGrange, Wyoming, where we ended up serving for Frontier School of the Bible, and you guys actually sent a, a mission team out to help us out there, which was amazing, so that was Right around 1990-something. Or 2000. What? You came in 2000. Wow. That is the very year that we founded One Way Evangelistic Ministry. God was placing in our hearts just this desire for evangelism, and we would bring teams up from Trinidad with the steel pans, and we would lead teams down to Guyana, South America, and we realized that we were kind of limited uh, with what we were able to do in the evangelism while we were serving with the school. And so we stepped out by faith at that time. And in August of 2000, we founded One Way Evangelistic Ministries. And as Jerry mentioned, we had our, our support staff, Daniel, who is now Daniel, and Rebecca and Isaiah. And you would have seen them in some of the pictures that we have here. And they are very much involved in the ministry. Uh, and, of course, right now they are back in Wyoming. So as we mentioned, please pray for them. Their uncle is watching them. So... Anyway, that kind of brings us around to where we are now. And again, you know, Freedoms, Freedoms is, is not only is it my home church, but it's my heart church. I, I, was, I was grown up here. I was nurtured in the Lord, and I'm just really thankful for all of you. Thank you, Dan. <coughs> wow, man. I, I like that. Yes. <laughs> Like that title. Can I use that title? You know, the Wow Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tell you, it's, um, again, it's a joy to, as a team, how God has called us, and again, from two parts of the continent, and brought us together in a perfect match. And um, that in itself is a, is a, is a lesson uh, to wait, as Kathy said, wait, God has the perfect match for you. You too. <laughs> Growing up in Trinidad, uh, where I was born, uh, my uh, grandfather was a Hindu priest. And according to the tradition, I was next in line to become the next Hindu priest in the family. Now, mind you, in Hinduism, there's no concept of sin and forgiveness. There's nothing like that. So if there's no concept of sin, why do you need a savior? Why do you need to be forgiven? And that is the blindness that the religion, even today, has embraced. Uh, from Hinduism, there's the offshoot of Buddhism and all these other religions. So it's a very deep um, uh, religion, even here in the United States. In fact, uh, all of Hollywood is filled with it, uh, with a new version called the New Age Movement. Okay, so uh, that is the background that I came out from. And... It is amazing what happened uh, at that tender age, uh, growing up in that little village. Um, there's something that uh, I consider a very dramatic experience 
uh, they, we got a little TV in the village, uh, about an eight-inch TV, a black and white, battery-operated. Every Wednesday evening was John Wayne. Okay, that's right, brother. This town ain't big enough for both of us, that type of thing. <laughs> uh, you don't mess with John Wayne, okay? And in fact, pretty soon, I'm thinking, wait a second here. I could be John Wayne. And that, that I, we took it to the next level. My grandfather had, had a bunch of goats. <laughs> uh, so all my, my buddies, we got together and we decided to form our own posse. We, so we were riding goats throughout the village. Uh, from one village to the next, we, we were looking for trouble. <laughs> and we found it. Believe me, we found it. Um, <clears throat> but every Wednesday evening, we would ride up to my neighbors there and we would be watching John Wayne. And by the way, I cannot, I cannot begin to tell you as a little boy growing up, we pretended to be cowboys and Indians. And God, uh, many years later, brought, uh, brought me to the United States. I'm a missionary with my wife. We are missionaries among cowboys and Indians. Isn't that amazing? And I remember as, as, as we would ride through the village, we would, uh, we would uh, witness some things that... Um, it was just phenomenal, but there was one thing that was a highlight. For the first time in our lives, we saw some Caucasian people in our village. <laughs> uh, and we asked, is that John Wayne? <laughs> is, that, <laughs> uh, is that paint in that lady's hair? How come it's so goldish, brownish? We found out it was blonde. We never heard that word before. I married a blonde woman. Can you believe that? <laughs> Not only that, but... As my wife said, uh, she asked me out. I, I, I came to the United States. I'm just kind of jumping a little because of time. I came to the United States and never in my life would I even uh, imagine that I would have this, uh, this experience. Two cultures that's so separate. A woman asking me out. That was unacceptable in my culture. This, uh, you know, innocent foreigner, quiet, tender, uh, shy. Uh, and what? I'm sorry? No, 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 that doesn't, no, no, that wasn't in the equation. It's the other, the other side. <laughs> but this wild, aggressive, Wisconsin freedom's woman <laughs> taking advantage of the situation. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> But God brought us together in such an amazing way. But as I, as I reflect and as I look back, little did I realize that God was going to take us into this journey and, and uh, open up the doors for amazing things to soon follow. But as I just flick, I go back, uh, and, and when I, we saw those American missionaries in our village, we had no idea what was going to take place. Uh, we didn't realize the message that they were bringing. In fact, for the first time, we heard about Jesus. We heard about Jesus loves you. We started hearing about John 3.16, For God so loved the world, say it with me, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The missionary stood up and spoke to the boys and girls, and we were in a, sitting on our goats in the distance. We heard, we heard Romans chapter 5, verse 8, But God commended His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
John 14, 6, where Jesus said unto him, I am the way and, and the truth and, and the life, and no man comes into the Father but by me. My goodness, those are life-changing moments, words that we never heard before, that it cut against the grain of my religion, that there is no sin, no forgiveness. And here the message was that God loves you and wants to forgive our sins. And we can have a right relationship with God the Father. And God brought those missionaries from so many, from so far away into my little village. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful because He gave me an opportunity. He could have skipped a generation, but He didn't. And why I'm so passionate about this is because of this, this description. You see, my father, my dad, he passed away when he was 23 years old. He was 23 years old. Not only did he not believe, but he never heard. He never heard. And that's why I take this personally. We're not here because we're in the area. We came specifically to meet with you and share with you what God is doing in our lives and in our ministry. People are hearing the gospel. And when you communicate to us that you believe in what we're doing, it spurs us, encourages us to continue to take the gospel among those, those Lakota Indians, among the Hindus, in, even in South America. The Muslims, which we, we're hearing horror stories about what they're doing, they need Jesus too. And we're taking the gospel among these people. And that day when I trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, I remember, I thought, you know, life was going to be great from that point on. But that was the day that I remember shouting to my grandpa that I just became a Christian. And I remember the response that I got. It, it, was, it was one of, of horror in his eyes. He tore his robe in the temple. And, and, and that's when... Like, like a wounded lion, the jackals came out and the beating started. And the whipping and a little, a little boy getting these punches from a men. From men. <coughs> How dare you turn your back on your religion. We had everything set up for you. Your, your, your future, your wife, everything was chosen for you. To lead your people into Hinduism. And now you've betrayed us. Kicked out on the streets, stoned and left for dead, and living under a bridge. And it was at that moment, it was the wilderness experience. It's the presence of God, experiencing the hand of God. And my friend, I stand before you as a living testimony of what God could do in a changed life. How God brought me from this. Again, time is upon me, and, but the gap and the, how God connected the dots and Brought me to the United States for training in Michigan and then here in Wisconsin where God literally brought to me my wife. And I was serving as missionaries and you have partnered with us. Thank you. Thank you for your role and, and, uh, and the part that you play. I, I just, I'm so thankful because the message, it's the same. The method changes. And as we take this gospel message together, I am challenged every day that there is no valley that, that is too isolated. No, no island that's too distant. No forest too dense. No mountain that's too inaccessible. No city that's too fortified. And no desert that's too hostile. We must go. We must take this gospel out, whatever it costs. 
Because our times demand it. Our culture cries out for it. Our vision requires it. And God is watching. He's watching. I encourage you. Let's seize the moment together. Let's rise to the occasion. Our Lord's return is soon. There are those closest to us who are, who are without Christ. Who are going to die without Christ. And what does it matter to us? When I became a Christian, it took a, 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 mo- a few months, a few years. My mother received the Lord. My younger brother, my sister. And just two months ago, the last of my immediate family, my brother trusted Lord Jesus Christ in my garage. Praise God. I closed with this story that I, I learned of and as my friends went to Papua New Guinea while I was training in New Tribes. Mission right there in Fredonia where I met my wife. Some of my friends went across to Papua New Guinea and, and some of you may have seen the movie Itao. It was during that time. And, and as my, my friends, they, were, they shared the gospel among the Mok people. And, and they told them uh, how God loves them. And it took weeks as they shared from Genesis to the, the death and burial and resurrection of our Lord, and Je- uh, our Lord uh, Jesus Christ. At the end of that time, the whole village trusted the Lord. And what an amazing uh, moment. And as they were about to leave in that little Cessna, as they, as they were putting their luggage in the belly of that little plane... The scene was almost surreal as, as they heard, the, uh, the, the, almost, it felt like an earthquake and the, the, the trees were shaking as the tribal people ran out of the village, out into the forest and surrounded that little plain. And we were told that the, the chief and all the elders came out with spears in their hand and bore an arrow. And as they surrounded the missionary, my friend who was there, and, and then the chief stood up among them in their own language and as they spoke with an interpreter and he shouted to them you gave the, the, the message of light to those people in the Mok among the Mok tribe and you didn't come to us and now you're leaving and then there was a list that was read take this back to your people he said we have 20 bags of coconut 20 bags of pumpkin, 20 bags of potato, and the list went on and on and on. Take this back to America. We would like to buy a missionary. We'd like to buy a missionary. That's what it has come down to, friends. Thank you for partnering with us. There's a lot lot more work to be done. We are going to press on. We are encouraged. This is Bowheads, shall we? Father, in this short moment, uh, it's hard to even communicate the depth of what you've done and what you're doing. But we praise you and we thank you. Thank you for the opportunity you've given to us, the responsibility, the, the stewardship of taking this gospel to the people who have never heard, and even right here in the United States. Thank you for freedoms and, and the joy of their partnership and, and through the years of sending us out. Thank you, Lord. We give you all the praise and all the glory for what you've done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.